This is episode 23 with Joe Gregory. Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Seattle-based artist Joe Gregory. We recorded this one in his tour van outside the Hotel Cafe in Los Angeles. At one point, the van needed to move, so we were literally on the road while recording this interview. I always love a good adventure. Joe released a new EP this year called Gold Teeth Plus Glass Eyes. Be sure to listen to it at jgrgrymusic.com. Let's get into Joe's interview. How did this this new like EP like come come together? Yeah, so basically our guitar player Robert Cheek, um, he's one of my longest friends. Um, we've known each other for 15 years, and <clears throat> I approached him and said, finally, like, hey, dude, let's start a band. Let's let's make some songs. And so we went down. He's a recording engineer, and just did the Band of Horses record and a bunch of really cool records. And so we went down to Stinson Beach in California and started working on these songs, and it just started developing so organically and naturally and we were just having the best time ever, and so we were like, let's make this record, let's flush it out, let's take it on the road, and so now here we are, and we're so excited. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, what's your songwriting process like? That's a good one. Um, usually I have to be super isolated. I usually go to like coastal areas like the San Juan Islands or Manzanita in Oregon, and I take my dog, who was just in the van here, <laughs> and uh, we just kind of seclude ourselves and like... You know, I work on lyrics first and then kind of like flesh out the, the tracks and then the vocals are the most important for me and it's my favorite part, the singing. <laughs> That's so cool. What music influenced you growing up? Yeah, well, I'm from Seattle, so I was living there in the 90s. <laughs> so there was a big, you know, grunge era um, affinity for me. But honestly, a lot of 80s stuff like The Cure and um, The Eurythmics and Depeche Mode and all that. Um, and then my biggest, like, personal that I listen to all the time is just soul music. Like, I love Aretha Franklin, and that kind of, like, gives my vocal character. At least that's what I'm always trying to, like, pick up on is, like, how are those soul singers doing it? Were you in any bands like in high school or growing up or how how did your like music evol evolution come about? Totally. It started, I mean, I started playing the saxophone in band and then I picked up the bass guitar and started a little rock band with friends in high school and um, we ended up like recording a seven inch and like getting played on the radio as 15 and 16 year olds. So it was so exciting and I just decided like this is going to be my life forever and so I've just been writing songs basically for that time since I was a little kid. <laughs> I know like kind of back in the day that you you went to Sacramento and you were you were like producing and working on stuff. Can can you kind of tell me share a little bit about that story? Totally. We were actually just in Sacramento last night. We played the Red Museum. It was super fun, super cool show, but and I was thinking I was like, man, I had such a good time living here and um, I ran this DIY venue called 1020J that was just out of the coffee shop that I worked at and would book touring bands and built this scene and Robert was in another band called Quitter at that time and our bands were just rehearsing, you know, five days a week, like just really hustling and it was so fun to be a part of that scene and just, I don't know, Midtown in Sacramento was so fun and like, it's just so fun to be running around there playing music and being with friends and riding bikes and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what what challenges have you encountered, you know, being an artist and working in music? Yeah, it's been really hard. You know, I've uh, I've had three major label record deals that um, all 
have either fell through or with politics and industry stuff, like made three full records and nothing ever came out, was released. Um, how, how did how did that affect you? Like, how did that like just affect you as a person when you received this big news that like, it, you know, it doesn't it, it's not working out? Yeah. I mean, you internalize it so much, you know, and it ends up Sorry. being like. Um, there's a dog <laughs> there's <laughs> Joe's dog <laughs> entering the the van right now so that's the, that's the real star of the show is my dog <laughs> but um but no it's really demoralizing and you start to internalize it and feel like you know are you worth anything and where is your value and you you have this passion and thing that you love so much and then people are basically telling you you know what is worth and what isn't worth and so it was really difficult and so I drank a lot and suffered you know internally from that yeah. um, but but now I realize now I'm releasing our own music just on our own without anyone and it's so liberating and it's so freeing and we're just so excited and having a blast with it so that's so great um for artists that you know like that get like disappointed and have had had that like happen to them and maybe they're just like you know they're like what the fuck like you know like what do i do now yeah. do you have any like words of encouragement or um i don't know advice yeah. to them absolutely i mean i think you know it, it took so much sifting through all the emotions to come to this conclusion but really it was that you know your music is your music and so if you're passionate about music then don't worry about what other people are saying and just go into yourself and go into your songs and find your haven there and if people like it, cool, and if they don't, that's cool too. You know, it's your expression, it's your like emotions coming out, and so just you know find solace in that, and don't listen to what the other fuckers say. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, have you have uh, from this tour or any tours you've been on in the past? Like, ha do you have any fun tour stories or anything? Uh, oh, those are those are tricky. Those kind of stay in the van. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's fair enough. Why why do you love music? That's a great question, loaded. But um, you know, for me, music was again it was a safe haven. It was um, for me just a place that I could go and find refuge. And um, yeah, it was just a safe place for me, and it just made me so excited and exhilarated. And then when I started picking up instruments and actually playing them, it was just took me to a whole nother universe that I didn't even know existed and then it was like this playground really that was like holy shit this is the best thing ever <laughs> what inspired uh, the music and like in this EP yeah a lot of it did have to do with you know those struggles with the major labels and having all these records fall through and you know different variations of bands and friends that you lose along the way because of that stuff um, and so there was a lot of that and then the, the things that come with that which was my depression and alcoholism and yeah. Um, and then just, you know, the hope and optimism that was kind of always at the core, too. Like, I think that's a key element of Gold Teeth and Glass Eyes. The record is like, you know, through all this fucking bullshit and whatever that happens in life and everyone's life has, you know, everyone has struggles. But there's always this little like beacon <laughs> of yeah. light, like, hold on, you know. And so that's kind of like the, the line through the record. How did you uh, reconnect um, with um, your writing partner or your, yeah. your producer? Yeah, yeah, up up in Seattle. It was so random. So like we literally were living two blocks away from each other for a year and didn't know because I had fallen out with my drinking and with you know I just wasn't keeping in touch with people. Yeah. And I was at a bar on a Sunday morning nursing a hangover, and these people next to me were talking and they're they're calling him by his nickname that no one else knows and I'm like is this are you from Sacramento like do you know this person Robert Cheek and they were like how do you know Robert Cheek you know 
And then it turned out that we lived two blocks away from each other and it was just an instant, like, my brother, how are you, you know, like, and yeah. then it's been thick as thieves since then, so. That's so, yeah, oh, I love, I, I love stories it's like so that. wild. I mean, it was really like, how, who, who could have even imagined that would happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. Um, so, um, where are you, where are you headed next? What, what's, what's next for you? Yeah. So, uh, we just got a big airplay today on 107.7 the end in Seattle, which is our radio station, which I grew up with and broke Nirvana and all that shit. Um, so that was super huge that happened today. Um, and we really appreciate them. But, uh, next we're going to San Diego and then finishing this tour in the Bay and up, uh, with a homecoming show in Seattle at the crocodile on June 24th, which is also another childhood dream come true. Um, and then we're doing bumper shoot, which is the ultimate dream come true in September. So that's awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah, super exciting year. We're just so excited to close it out on a high note and <laughs> keep riding it into the next one. Uh, how, how, uh, how did the members like, um, that are playing with you in your band, how did you all meet? Yeah, it's just like a bunch of Seattle guys that are we've known through the years and they're so good and talented and just great people. And this has been the best tour, honestly, that I've ever been on our crew. Tim Semakula, John Barber, lights and makeup. They're just amazing and such a good crew to be rolling with. And we're having an amazing time. Um, uh, so I watched uh, one of your music videos today. Yeah. Um, how did how did that come together? That was kind of, um, you know, our stage show, as you just saw, is like yeah. really integral to what we're doing. And the visuals from Amy Bilhars and the lights with Tim and makeup with John, it's just such an important part of the show we're putting on. And so for our first video, we really wanted to capture that. So Tim designed the lighting that's in the video for Cavebirds and John obviously did the makeup. And it was really just like, hey, this is what we do on the road. It's passionate. It's vulnerable. It's intense. Like come see it <laughs> so that's yeah. that was kind of the concept behind the video um before you go on stage do you do like do anything to like mentally prepare or it's like a day-long <laughs> ritual of preparation but i do uh a yoga regimen uh meditation and then like there's certain records i like to listen and warm up to and and then the makeup process is like a three-hour kind of thing every night so that's very meditative and Wow, a three yeah. yeah, three hours. It's full on, yeah, it's intense. How how um how did you decide that that was like gonna be like a part of like? Yeah, you know, it, it developed naturally with um just as the stage show was evolving, um it became a bigger and bigger part of it, and as the team built with all the lights and makeup and visuals, it just kind of started coalescing, and it became this thing that was just like, holy shit, this is you know, so exciting and we love it. And so it's just building on itself, which is so cool. Yeah. I loved, I loved all the visuals tonight that I saw at the hotel cafe and yeah, it just like, yeah, it has, yeah, it's come together like really, 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 really well. Thank you so much. We're so excited. (laughs) Going back to, um, like the early days of like, you know, discovering music and playing like saxophone, was there any moment where you were like, I want to be a musician like this is like what I want to do that's interesting uh, there's two that really instantly sprung to mind but one was uh, the single soundtrack that, that you know growing up in Seattle I remember the Smashing Pumpkins song on there and I remember playing the saxophone and actually like picking out the notes and like playing the song yeah. and someone going how did you do that and I was like I don't know just how do you not do that <laughs> and so that was like a really like whoa like I think my brain works in a different way um, and then when I f- recorded my first seven inch when I was 15 years old, it was the first like semi-major recording studio that I'd been in and it was just the best day of my life. I was so excited to be there and just work on music all day. And so that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, 
I'm going to dedicate my whole life to this. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I love hearing people's moments of like, okay, like I knew like I really wanted to do this. Totally. It was so pronounced too. And it was weird because I was literally only 15 years old, but I remember the couch I was sitting on and the person that was producing the record and just seeing that board and being like, I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> That's so cool. Anything you like, you really, you want to add, um, or, you know, talk about like the music industry, uh, from like the changes you've seen like throughout the years. And, and I think it's interesting because I have such pronounced, uh, experiences with both. You know, I had the major label experience where it's like, you know, you get this horrible deal that is like so monstrous and like, you know, destructive to the artist. Um, but it comes with all these access and things of, you know, producers and studios and, you know, world-class facilities. So, but ultimately if you're not able to make the music you want, then what does it matter? And so now with streaming and digital and all this stuff, it's like, we can release our record whenever we want. And if we write a song tomorrow and want to release it tomorrow, we could go ahead and do that. And that's so exciting. So that element of the digital age is super empowering, I think. And, and, and really artists should feel that way. Like you don't have to like store up and save something to like pitch to some label or something it's like make records make songs get out there keep writing great songs and like get out there and play them and that's exciting about this time <laughs> yeah i mean keep keep making music that you like and that you love so then yeah. hopefully totally. other people will like catch on yeah absolutely i think that's the key thank you so much thank for being on the show again and um you had a great show tonight at the hotel cafe everyone check him out when he is on tour next and there's so many great things coming up for joe yeah thank you so much i really appreciate it thanks again to joe for being on the show and to the bang-ups for the theme music this has been the i love music podcast with jen fedor <laughs>